All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Time once again for Invest Wisely with Walt Sokira, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. They're down there in the Waterford Building in Fairlawn. We're going to talk in the next half hour about how they invest their clients' money in individually owned stocks in custom-designed portfolios we created just for their special needs. If you have any questions about how to invest in the market or about stocks in general, give us a call anytime this half hour. We're live here at 330-673-1234. Well, Walt, Thanksgiving, uh, we had a lot to be thankful for. Uh, it's a foreshortened week, but still uh, keeping uh, the market on an upward trend. Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, there was one less trading day this last week uh, because of the Thanksgiving holiday. And volume is typically lighter uh, on a week like this with the holidays. So, I mean, you didn't, you didn't see the heavy volume in the market, but, uh, you know, a lot of people probably enjoying time with family and friends. But overall, the market continued to advance. Um, we're pushing back towards those highs uh, that we saw in the summer, uh, led mostly by the large cap stocks, the mega cap stocks. Um, every sector last week finished higher. The best performing sectors were healthcare up 2.2%. Uh, consumer staples showed a nice increase of 1.4%. Uh, a couple uh, big reports last week uh, with NVIDIA uh, reporting earnings and a bunch of retailers still coming in with uh, with earnings. So we looked at all that. Some economic data that continues to show some mixed uh, views of the economy, you know, some slowdowns and also some strength. But overall, for the week, Bob, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average move up 442 points. That's a 1.3% increase for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And Year-to-date, we stood up 6.8%. Uh, the S&P 500, uh, the market-weighted index, the uh, more broader indication of the market was up 1% for the week. Uh, year-to-date, we're at 18.7% in that index. Uh, the NASDAQ composite, uh, up 0.9% for the week. And year-to-date, we're at 36.2% uh, performance off of that NASDAQ composite. And then the Russell 2000, the small mid-cap stocks, had a positive week, up half a percent. And year-to-date, set up 2.6%. So, uh, Bob, you know, it's overall been a strong year. Uh, We've had some bumps along the way, and we continue to scale that wall worry. But as we uh, head in towards December, it looks like uh, the year is going to hold on, and we we move into 2024 on a pretty positive note. Crude oil, of course, fell on speculation that OPEC will not cut production any further or anytime soon. And I can see that already at the uh, gas prices around the area, somewhere well below two, uh, $3 a gallon now. But uh, also released last week were the minutes of the Fed's Policy Committee's October 3rd, November 1st meeting sessions. They seem to confirm that rate hikes are over if that uh, criteria is met, that the progress toward 2% inflation 
would be uh, sufficient. Now, if it's insufficient, I suppose they would raise rates again, but they didn't really define what insufficient means. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, you know, say they're data-dependent, but there's a little bit of interpretation in that data, that's for sure, Bob. But as you said, uh, you know, crude oil uh, dropped to seventy-five, eighteen a barrel again. Uh, it was a couple months ago when, you know, we saw it spiking up and everybody thought we were heading towards $100 a barrel. The, uh, you know, the Middle East situation with the war kind of going on over there, uh, plus the war in Russia with Ukraine, you know, the disruption of oil supply. Um, but it seems like OPEC's going to hold in there and, and keep the uh, production going. And, you know, prices continue to, uh, you know, ease, which is helping consumers. And, and then, as you said, interest rates, you know, the other big story, um, you know, the Fed definitely is getting enough data, I think, to support the view that, you know, things are slowing. And, uh, you know, we see interest rates starting to subside a little bit. Again, that 10-year Treasury has dropped to 4.47%. Again, Bob, just a couple weeks ago, we were up over 5% on that 10-year Treasury. So we see the interest rates coming down, the bond market believing that, you know, maybe the Fed has done the job and uh, the economy will continue to slow, and next year we're going to see some rates, uh, you know, come back down, which will be good for stocks and, you know, good for the economy if if we get rates uh, a little bit lower. Uh, those higher rates have definitely slowed some things down in the economy for sure, Bob. And we're talking about the S&P 500 index being up more than 18%. It's uh, important to note that the S&P 500 is a market-weighted index. That means that big capital stocks like the so-called Magnificent Seven have a larger impact with the market-weighted index. So if you look at the S&P equal-weighted index, it's only up 5.62% for the year. Now, what can investors glean from that fact? Well, number one, I think the first thing is, you know, 28% of the S&P now is made up of those magnificent seven. Again, Apple, Microsoft, uh, Alphabet, you know, the, the parent of Google, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta Platforms, obviously the parent of Facebook and, and Tesla. You know, they, uh, they, they represent about 76% of the performance this year, Bob, of, of that S&P 500 weighted index. And as you mentioned, the broader index, if you just take those 500 stocks, the 500 plus stocks, and you look at them, you know, average weighted, just, just all of them having an equal weight, the market's only up 5.62%. So I think there's a lot of opportunity out there still. Um, obviously, those mega cap stocks, those magnificent seven have had a magnificent year. And uh, you know, they've, they've reached some real high values and uh, have contributed a lot of performance. But, you know, the market is broad. There's a lot of opportunities out there. There's many, many stocks in our database. There's over 22,000 stocks that we sort through and, and look at and screen and, and evaluate. You know, we work them down to workable numbers and look for the best of the best. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there for investors willing to do the work and uh, you know, continue to have good results as we go forward over the next uh, five to seven years. Well, Sakir is talking with us. He's our expert from the AKW Group here in Akron, their managing partner there. We're talking about stocks and investing in the same. If you have any questions, as always, 330-673-1234 is the number to call. Time for the Trends and Insights section of the show. Walt does a lot of research and reading and comes up with some interesting facts every single week that uh, could have an impact on your investing future. We looked at home sales this time. Now, seasonally adjusted home sales hit the lowest mark since August of 2010. 3.8 million homes were sold in October. That was also down 4.1% from September. Higher mortgage rates, of course, are, are to blame, but is there any other factor that's involved in that home sale figure? 
Well, I think, you know, yeah, as you said, higher higher rates, um, you know, not as much supply out there on the market. You know, we talk about people being locked into their homes with these low rates. Um, anybody that got a, you know, a 3% or lower mortgage, I mean, they're, you know, probably not uh, really inclined to sell and take on a, a much higher rate. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, that there's so many changes going on, um, you know, in, in the home market. And, of course, it's a huge asset for most people's households. Um Yes, it's typically the largest asset, so it'll, it'll be interesting to continue to watch the trends and, and dive in and take a hard look at things there. And one of the other things you came up with is that most people have more money in their house than in their 401ks. Yeah, they do, Bob. I mean, you know, it's it's the biggest asset for middle-class households. Um, you know, and there's other there's other data here that's quite, quite fascinating. You know, older generations still control about 90% of the housing market. Uh, older generations being, you know, the silent generation, um, people before, born before 1946 own about 11.3% of the homes. Uh, baby boomers, the people from 1946 to 64, about 43.5% of the homes. And the Gen Xers now, which are considered older people, um, you know, they're 44 to 58 years old on average, uh, born from 1965 to 1979, 32.5% of the homes. So, it's uh, it's very interesting, you know, to see the the home ownership and how that's imp- impacting uh, younger buyers. Um, you know, it's there's a there's a lot of inventory out there that now is owned and mortgage free. Uh, we've reached uh, a good percentage of homes out there now that have no mortgages on them, so it, it creates a lot of opportunity for people that have those assets, uh, you know, to use uh, HELOCs and, and different types of. Uh, strategies to, to, you know, use that power of the equity they built up in their home. So very interesting, you know, we'll have to continue to watch and, and how that impacts home ownership and, and buyers uh, as we go forward. And of course, the Friday after Thanksgiving is known traditionally now as Black Friday because it supposedly puts all the uh, merchants in the black for the year as everybody spends a lot of money on that first holiday, official holiday shopping day. So this Black Friday, $9.8 billion was spent on online sales, according to Adobe Analytics. Now, that's up 7.5% from a year ago. Again, what can an investor gain from looking at this data when we're supposedly being told that's going to be a, a quieter spending season because of inflation? Well, it shows the consumer continues to spend, just probably very selective in how they're spending, Bob. Um, and again, one, one piece of data that I dove into this, you know, Adobe uh, collects all, all the online data, and they, they, they get a lot of data from many, many retailers out there. But they said about 79 million of those sales came from consumers who opted for that buy now, pay later flexible payment method, uh, which stretches uh, payment out over a period of time, you know, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. So we, we definitely still see consumers using credit uh, to uh, you know, pay for some of these uh, you know, purchases that they're making and still make the holidays nice for the people they want to buy for, I guess. But it's it's really interesting. Again, the data uh, came in, you know, with the online sales very quickly. We'll have to watch the brick and mortar. Um, you know, just my driving around and my eye on on you know parking lots. It didn't seem as heavy as years past. You know, thinking back years over years. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting to watch the brick and mortar and you know how people actually go out and spend. The last ten days leading up to Christmas are typically where seventy percent of the holiday sales actually occur. occur. So. Uh, still a lot of opportunities for retailers out there and a lot of opportunities for investors to continue to follow the trends. 
Once again, we're talking to Walt Secura of Akron's AKW Group. Time now for Stock Talk. Your time to give us a call and ask Walt about any particular stock issue that you're interested in, whether you own it, uh, want to buy it, uh, want to sell it. We're just kind of curious about it. 330-673-1234. And listening online at WNR.com outside of Akron. You can call us toll-free at 800 669 for 100. So, looking at particular stocks in your core equity portfolio, artificial intelligence chip leader NVIDIA really uh, did much better than Wall Street estimated they would for the fiscal third quarter. Massive growth in the sales of artificial intelligence processors for data sensors. <laughs> uh, Robocops are coming, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, NVIDIA has been a leader, Bob, and as you said, you know, their GPUs uh, have been used in Gaming for years, you know, the high-end visual um, data centers, you know, a lot of uh, data centers now use search, um, you know, visual search uh, to identify products, you know, um, and and there was a lot of growth there. And then data centers have become the next kind of big wave. And, of course, they have a lot of these microprocessors chips that are used now in artificial intelligence. And the numbers are staggering, um, you know, Bob, when we look at the growth. I mean, they did $18.1 billion dollars. Uh, the last three months compared to $5.9 billion, uh, last year over those three months. That's a 206% revenue gain. And earnings were up 402, 402 a share versus 58 cents a share over those three months a year ago. I mean, you know, this is a company that has very, very high expectations. They're, they're a leader in this new technology, and, and they're delivering, you know. And it was nice to see, see the stock kind of settle in. You know, it, it reached $500 a share. We started the year around 146 um, it reached over 500, and it did sell off last week. It's at 477, but it held in there. You know, I mean, it's up uh, again 226 percent for the year. So you'd expect the stock maybe to come off a little bit off those highs. But I think when you look out over the next three to five years, Bob, I mean, this is a stock that we have extreme confidence in. It's is our largest holding in our PIM program, our private investment management program, our core equity program, and you know, we continue to believe in the. Uh, uh, you know, the technology trends and, and where technology is going to lead us. So we'll, we'll continue to be a holder in the video as we go forward. Now, the industry itself had some real soap opera style drama in the last uh, few weeks, something you might want to see on, on you know, Days of Our Lives. Uh, OpenAI, the big uh, startup company, they, uh, November 17th, they fired Chief Executive Officer Sam Altman and most of the board, citing a lack of confidence in their ability to lead. Two days later, Microsoft announced a plan to hire Mr. Altman and others to form a new AI research organization. Then five days after he was fired, OpenAI announced that Altman would return to run the firm under a new board. <laughs> That's wild stuff. It, it really is, Bob. And, and it's, it's at the center of like a lot of this technology that, that's showing and I think what it really showed is, you know, Microsoft's willing to step up and, and hire, you know, anybody that can contribute to these efforts. And uh, the open AI drama, I think a lot of it had to come, you know, it, it came down to the use of AI and vision, the bigger picture things that I think people are getting caught up in. But I think the winners in AI are going to be the ones that can deliver, you know, real products that help, um, you know, help efficiency, help effectiveness, uh, you know, show some real value. Uh, Microsoft is at the head of that. You know, they're already uh, showing, you know, through their uh, management software, their document, you know, software and uh, office software that we've used for many, many years, um, that they're they're able to put these tools to work. And, 
you know, help us make better emails, better Word documents, better publishing, uh, better PowerPoints, better things that, you know, will, will improve uh, productivity tremendously. So I think you got to look for companies that are truly going to not be caught up in the drama, maybe the bigger picture stuff, which catches the headlines, but, you know, the companies that are going to really deliver on the bottom line. And, uh, you know, Microsoft's going to be one of those for sure. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure on Stock Talk. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I'd like to ask about three uh, three stocks, please. Okay. Uh, uh, the first one is uh, Novo Nordisk. Okay. And, and the symbol is uh, NBO. Okay. Nor- Norvo Nordisk obviously is a leader, um, you know, in um, in pharmaceuticals. Uh, they're they're the maker of um, they have the Wigovi and the uh, Zempic, uh, you know, drugs for the weight loss. And yes. of course, yeah, they and that's really been the big driver for this company. They've also been a big player in uh, insulin, uh, oral anti uh, diabetics for you know diabetes care. So I mean, they they've been a leader here. And I mean, you look at the last four quarters, they've had tremendous growth. Uh, strong revenue growth, strong earnings growth. So the stock is definitely appreciated dramatically. Um, you know, as uh, as some of these stocks, you know, Eli Lilly's had the same kind of run. Uh, you look at early part of the year, I think it was trading around $67 a share. Now we're up in the 105 range. Uh, trades at a pretty high valuation, you know, trades at about 43 times earnings. But again, you know, when you, when you think about the, the long-term impact of, uh, of these uh, drugs and, you know, how they, they could help a, a major problem. Obesity is such a large problem throughout the world. So, um, you know, we like Norville Nordisk. I mean, we like Lily better. Lily's a part of our core equity portfolio. We've kind of went that direction. But um, Norville Nordisk has definitely had a, a nice run and is a good stock. Okay. Uh, the second one is uh, something that uh... – I would have thought uh, consumer Ken would have asked you about already, but uh, nonetheless, it's uh, Bell Ring Brands. And what's, uh, the symbol, what's the symbol there? B R B R. B R B R. Huh? Yeah, that's not one that I've taken a hard look at. Let's see, Bell Ring. Um, they sell what? Ready drink protein shakes, powders, and nutrition bars. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, that's been a really interesting, you know, grower, um, you know, as far as alternatives, people, again, trying to eat better, you know, pay attention to nutrition. Uh, just looking at my data that I have here quickly, you know, the last couple quarters look strong. I mean, revenue growth has been strong. Uh, again, trades at a little bit of a premium valuation. So, I mean, it's been recognized by the wide Wall Street uh, for, for its growth. But, I mean, outlook's pretty good. I mean, analysts have good expectations in 24 and 25. So, uh, yeah, one, one I'll definitely take a look at, you know, leaving the call here. You know, I think all these types of stocks uh, definitely have some uh, room to grow, and all comes down to probably logistics and how they how they get their products out in consumers' hands. And, you know, if they're doing it through brick and mortar or through online and, you know, how they're acquiring new customers. Uh, so it really comes down probably to marketing efforts with a lot of these companies. So I just take a hard look there uh, to try to, you know, understand the business model a little bit better. Right. Okay. And the last one uh, is uh, SD Lauder. I, I I presume you read the story about them in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, you know, SD Lauder's been such a yeah, definitely very interesting company. I mean, this has been such a leader in in women's uh, you know beauty products, and uh, you know, obviously have gone through their struggles this past year. Um, 
it's one that I think has a turnaround to it. Uh, again, we, we've owned this company uh, at times. Uh, we, we run a women's empowerment uh, leadership uh, portfolio, and this has been a holding in that portfolio at times. Uh, I think analysts look for a big you know, turnaround next year. I'm seeing like 432 a share. Uh, so I think, you know, companies like this that have a, a strong customer base and, you know, go through some trouble, sometimes that creates an opportunity to buy in. So uh, definitely one that, you know, we, we take a hard look at here at the levels that it's reached and, uh, you know, for, for a turnaround and some upside as we go forward. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sure. And thank you for calling. You're on WNIR. Go ahead. Konnichiwa. Hey, Ken. How are you this Sunday? Good, good, good. Still picking up leaves out here in the farm. A uh, uh, CNH, CNH. Uh, mm-hmm. On page ten of Barron's, there's a good article. It's a farm equipment company. They make right. Case IH and International Harvester worldwide. At uh, a couple of years ago, it was uh, the CEO changed and. Uh, I bought a little bit of it, and it's gone down ever since. But what do you think about CNH for a long-term hold? And my long-term is one year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we, we would favor deer and probably Agco uh, over CNH. Uh, you know, CNH, to me, it's 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 probably a third-level player. You know, I, I'd probably look again at the leaders uh, in this space. I mean, they've all sold off here again, uh, as you're probably aware. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean it's a it's a great stock. I mean, I think this was a spinoff at one time. Uh, was it Ford and uh, Fiat? I think uh, their farm equipment uh, years ago. Uh, they spun this company off, and uh, so it's a it's a really strong company. Again, a good player. I think this precision agriculture is kind of like where where the where the trend is. You know, using technology to improve the farming process. I think there's a lot of opportunity internationally uh, when you look at the uh, food production and the problems we're going to have with, with you know, food long-term with, with populations growing and so forth. So I, I think CNH has a place, but I, I prefer deer and ag, though, I think, over CNH. Yeah, keep in mind uh, Hershey, Smuckers, General Mills, and Conagra, they're, uh, they're, they're down. That's when you buy when they're down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all good companies, all, like you said. I mean, when they when they hit bottom, and a lot of those have, you know, they they're they're down quite a bit. They're definitely companies we're taking a look at. Okay. Well, you guys have a good weekend. Yeah. All right. You too. Three three zero six seven three one two three four to talk to Walt Secure here on Stock Talk. Speaking of farm companies, uh, one of your Corkwood Holdings is uh, Deer, the Green Tractor people. Now they had a pretty good eleven percent EPS gain in the fiscal fourth quarter, while sales fell a bit at one percent, beating their expectations. But they came out and said they expect a double-digit sales drop in fiscal 2024, uh, citing their cyclical factors that you know people are pretty much bought all the tractors they want right now. Yeah, and, and companies like this are cyclical, Bob. You know, they, they have good moments and good trends for a number of years. And then, like you said, I mean, it's not a purchase you're going to make year over year, but they have a big servicing component, um, parts and, you know, uh, service and, you know, servicing the machines that they sell and so forth, which I think will create a, a good revenue stream for them. And there are other parts of the world that, you know, haven't uh, still working themselves out of the, you know, the COVID and, and some of the downturns of the last couple of years, I think there is some opportunity still for deer. Uh, but, but again, 1% uh, loss in revenue for the quarter, 
uh, managed the bottom line well with 11% gain in profits. But when you compare it to quarters prior, when you're growing at 12%, 30%, 32% revenue, and then you show a negative 1%, you know, Wall Street's not going to like that. You follow up with some comments that, hey, things don't look great over the next year, and that it doesn't, Wall Street doesn't like that either. But again, if you're an investor and, and you're thinking longer term, three to five years out, I think Deere still offers some opportunity here. Now, another core equity holding is Tesla, and they had a bumpy week uh, for a variety of news items coming out. They, too, are almost a soap opera type company. Are you still bullish on Tesla? <laughs> we continue to be bullish on the technology. Um, that, you know, they're, they're running through their challenges now. You know, I mean, they have uh, uh, obviously a very outspoken uh, leader in Elon Musk who makes news sometimes when you wish you wouldn't, uh, but, you know, it's, it's who he is, and his uh, mind and his leadership have built a very strong company. Um, but, you know, again, they're still facing price uh, challenges. You know, they're trying to be the price leader. They're discounting in areas. Um, one area that's interesting is, uh, you know, he's negotiating uh, Tesla plants uh, in India uh, and bringing Tesla to India, which would be a, a huge win. I think long-term growth for Tesla. So, uh, we'll continue to watch the electric vehicle part. We still like the battery and uh, the charging stations. Uh, there's other technology here that I don't think you can lose track of. Uh, again, a lot, of, a lot of moving parts inside of Tesla. Uh, the headlines sometimes are not the, the main parts of, of why you're an investor. So uh, don't get scared out by some headlines you don't like. You know, Continue to dive in and look at the business model. And when we assess Tesla, we still believe in the company as, as we look out over time. Taking a look at some of the retail stocks that reported, both Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle Outfitters and Urban Outfitters, they headlined some retail earnings, with Abercrombie and Fitch reporting another quarter of booming earnings well above the predictions. Yeah, I mean, these, these uh, retailers have done well. Um, and again, they're, they're working off of easier comparisons over the past couple of years, but uh, Abercrombie and Fitch showed a 20% uh, sales growth. And, they, uh, their profits were a boom. They did a dollar seventy-eight share for the quarter versus a penny uh, a year prior. So big turnaround there. And uh, again, you just gotta wonder if they can keep the momentum going as they go forward. I, I think they hit a good cycle here. Uh, Urban Outfitters had a nine percent revenue growth. Um, you know, there there were some good results here across these teen retailers. So um, you know, we we like the trends. Uh, we're, we're not diving in hard here, but we're definitely paying attention to where consumers are spending and where the strengths are uh, currently for investment. Kind of riding that wave, Dick Sporting Goods and Hibbit Sports also shot up in price and stock after they beat their expectations. Dick's reported higher sales, and while Kohl's reported better than expected third quarter EPS, their sales missed the predictions, and the department store there guided lower for the week. Yeah, so again, looking across all these different retailers, we're seeing you know, strength, uh, you know, beating Wall Street expectations. Again, expectations were ratcheted down quite a bit for these retailers, but it's it's a lot in the comments. And again, they continue to, you know, warn about you know potential slowdowns and you know how things may not continue to look like they did this last quarter. But uh, we'll have to continue to watch those trends. And yeah, another retailer, Best Buy, well, they exceeded Wall Street's earnings target for their fiscal third quarter uh, ending October 28th. Sales, though, fell short, and they also say their outlook for the holiday quarter is going to be lower. In fact, their best sales and earnings now have fallen for eight straight quarters on a year-over-year basis for Best Buy. Yeah, the, the trends have been bad, Bob. I mean, they had a lot of purchases during, uh, you know, COVID, uh, a lot of people buying 
computers and televisions, and you know, obviously when we were stuck in the house. But uh, those those high numbers, uh, you know, we're way off. You know, I mean, it continues to fall, and uh, each quarter looks a little weaker. And uh, Best Buy is not a retailer we would be uh, inclined to buy, even though they beat street expectations. The expectations were very low. And again, if you'd like to find out more and talk this way with the folks at the at the AKW Group, including Walt and his partners, call them anytime at 234-466-7476. Tell them you heard them on WNIR, and you can uh, do so and talk about stocks like we do here on the radio program. Uh, so what are we focusing on now? Yeah, November is coming to an end. Uh, December, you're going to wrap up the year. What are you telling your clients that they should be doing? Well, now we're just looking over portfolios, making sure we're positioned where we want to be, uh, making sure that, again, all those RMDs, those required minimum distributions are satisfied and that, you know, people are in a good a good place as we go into another new year, which will present new challenges for us in 2024. So with the end of November, first couple of days of December coming up this week and a full trading week, what are you looking for? Uh, Bob, just, you know, continue to sort through the data, uh, continue to see how this market operates, and again, we'll work hard and be with you next Sunday. Once again, give Walt Sakara and his team a call at 234-466-7476. They can deal with lots more than just uh, buying and selling stocks. They're full financial service of people. 234-466-7476. Tell them you heard him on WNIR, Kent Akron. Talk to you again next Sunday, Walt. Have a good one. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Abercrombie & Fitch, symbol ANF. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. American Eagle Outfitters, symbol AEO. Agco Corp, symbol AGCO. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Bell Ring Brands Inc., symbol BRBR. Best Buy, symbol BBY. ConAgra Foods, symbol CAG. CNH Corp., symbol CNHI. Deer and Company, symbol DE. Dick's Sporting Goods, symbol DKS. Estee Lauder Companies, Inc., symbol EL. General Mills, symbol GIS. Eli Lilly and Company, symbol LLL. Alphabet, Inc., symbol GOOGL. Hershey Company, symbol HSY. Hibbit, Inc., symbol HIBB. Coles Corporation, symbol KSS. Meta Platforms, Inc., parent of Facebook, symbol META. Microsoft Corporation, symbol MSFT. Norvo Nordisk, symbol NVO. NVIDIA Corporation, symbol NVDA. Smuckers Company, symbol SJM. Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA. And Urban Outfitters, Inc., symbol URBN. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.